Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. I am really excited to share this word with you today that has actually been building in me for about six months. So brace yourself, okay? This word's been building in me for a long time. I, I, I have been ready to give this now for a while, but now is the time, all right? But before we get into that word today, Matthew 4.4 says, people do not live by bread alone, but by Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mateo 4.4 dice, La gente no vive solo de pan, sino de... Every word, right? Come on, say every word. Cada palabra. Speaking, speaking of every word, you know, what has been... Our commitment this year, and, 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 and we're entering the, we've actually entered the final third of 2022, right? But this year, our commitment is that we're going to Vamos a Every word. Everybody enjoying reading every word of God this year? How about reading it together? I've loved the fact that we've been reading the same thing together because it sparked a lot of really good conversations and uh, a lot of great things been going on in our discipleship groups, okay? And so I want to encourage you today, if you've been reading through the one-year Bible, we have already entered the final third of the year. It's not time to give up now. We made it this far. Come on, let's go this final stretch. Less than four months to go. And if you're like, I've fallen behind, well, it's okay. Catch up. In the Bible app, there's this little button that says catch up, and you just press it, and it helps you catch up, all right? So don't give up reading every word of God in 2022. Now, as we get started with this word today, we're going to read again a scripture that we uh, have read not too terribly long ago in our one-year Bible plan, but also we've read it a couple of times over the past few months here on Sundays We've kind of taught around it, but I want us to go back there again to Romans chapter 1. We're going to read verses 16 and 17. We ready? Come on, who's ready for the word today? Who's ready to be challenged by the word? Who's ready to be changed by the word? Who's ready to be inspired by the word? That's what the word of God does to us. Romans 1, 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ it is the power of God. What is the power of God? The good news is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. And this is accomplished from start to finish by... It's from start to finish by what? Faith. Come on, say faith. faith from start to finish. As the scriptures say, it is through, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. We don't just get life, we have life through faith. Come on, say from start to finish, from beginning to end, and everything in between by faith. Very good. By faith. Faith gets us started and faith is what carries us all the way to the finish line. We don't just have faith to believe in Jesus. It starts with that, right? It starts with faith to put our faith in Jesus, to believe in him, to receive salvation. But it's that same faith that takes us all the way through to the finish line, right? We don't just need faith in the beginning, and we don't just need faith in the end. We need faith all the way, right? Right? I don't know about you, but when I start a trip, when I take a road trip, I don't just need gas in the beginning and the end. I need gas in my car all the way. If not, we don't make it, right? We need faith for 
the whole entire journey. Now, we spent the first three, four months of 2022 learning about how faith works. Many of you were here, okay? Many of you were here for, for that. We learned about how faith works, and now what we're going to do is take about the next three weeks or so and learn about how to stretch our faith. All right, everybody just stretch a little bit. Oh, doesn't that feel good? Kind of hurts a little bit too, right? Come on, how about the other side? Oh, man, that, that hurts so good, right? We're going to learn about stretching our faith, but first, because we want to make sure that the foundation is solid, we're going to take some time today to review how faith works. Does anybody remember how faith works? Oh, I just heard it. Does anybody remember how faith works? What? Wait, does anybody remember how faith works? Not just faith, but faith that actually works. Does anybody remember how it works? What? Wask. All right, everybody say wask. So what in the world is wask? Well, if you were here the first three, four months of 2022, you know what wask is. In case you, well, unless you've forgotten, Right. If you are newer here, you're going to learn about WASC today. So I want to encourage you with this. Okay, again, we took three, four months to teach this. So what I'm about to give you in the next few minutes is a very encapsulated version of what took three, four months. So I would really encourage you, if you would like to go back and listen to our podcast, February, March, April, I think maybe even to the beginning of May. I can't remember when we, we finished that, but it's a lot. And it, and it has produced lots of results. I've been able to have the privilege of watching many of your lives your faith at work producing results. There's new houses and new pregnancies and new relationships and new money and new disciples and new lots of things that we've seen come as the result of learning how faith works. So I want to encourage you to dig into this if you weren't here with us. But let's just review it together again this is about three, four months of teaching in a nutshell. Are you ready? 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything. Is that what it says? Well, it does say that, but is that all it says? Come on. We know God hears us. I know he hears me whenever I ask him for anything. No, right? That's not what it says. It says, whenever we ask him anything that pleases him, other translations say, whenever we ask him for anything according to his, according to his will. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we, wait a minute, if we ask according to his will, he really hears us? We can be sure of it? And can we also be sure that he not only hears, but he also answers, right? He gives the answer. Did you know there's, there's, there's never a time when you know the will of God and ask for it that he's not ready to answer, right? We believe that if we ask according to his will, he hears us and he gives. He gives the answer. Amen? All right. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, right? So worship. Then the first thing that's prayed is, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus taught his disciples to first pray for God's will, his kingdom and his, his will. Come on, say will. His will. And then he said, give us today the food we need and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil. And we see a very important pattern here that before Jesus taught them, before they asked for anything, first it was a matter of establishing God's will, right? God's will. 
Next chapter, Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Keep on and you will receive what you keep on and you will keep on and the door will be for anyone who receives. For anyone who everyone, sorry, everyone who finds into everyone who the door will be opened. It is his will. It will be open. You will receive. You will find. When we get a hold of God's will and ask for it, we will receive it. Find it. It'll be opened up to us. God wants us to know his will so we can experience it right through asking seeking and knocking we're gonna go there don't worry all right you parents if 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 your children ask you for a loaf of bread would you give them a stone instead or if they ask for a fish do you give them a snake of course not come on say of course not listen don't be afraid of what you ask god for (laughs) I've learned sometimes that even when I ask wrong, he's so good (laughs) that what I get, it's not going to hurt me. Amen? Of course not. And you need to know that God is good, right? He is good. You sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who... To those that just want them. The heavenly father is going to give good gifts to just anybody who wants it. Is that what it says? To those who ask him. All right. So how does faith work? Wask. Ready? Will. Ask. Seek. Knock. All right. Let's say it together. Will. Ask. Seek. Knock. Let's break it down. First of all, the will of God. Biblical faith is based on God's will, not just our desires. Right? Biblical faith, not what the world calls faith. In the world, you can have faith for anything, but biblical faith is based on God's will. Okay? What he desires, not just what we desire, not just what we want, right? We're not supposed to just use our faith, or I would better say, we're not just supposed to misuse our faith for just anything, right? Faith is not meant to be used on just whatever. It's meant to be used on God's will, right? To operate in faith correctly, we must first determine God's will, Now, sometimes I get strange looks when I say that because it's like, who could ever know the will of God? Isn't it some mysterious thing like kind of floating around out there and then it just happens and then whatever happened, it must have been the will of God? Come on, if you were with us in the beginning of the year, you know that ain't true, right? I mean, Jesus taught us to pray for his will. The will of God is not meant to be kept a secret. Now, it is a secret to many because many aren't looking for it. Many couldn't care less about it. But the will of God is never meant to be kept a secret from us, his people. Right? He wants us to know his will. We can know his will. Come on, say with me. I can know the will of God. I mean, the the word says that throughout God's will is only a mystery to those that won't look for it. God's will is only a secret to those that aren't willing to find out the secret. Come on, I want us to say it again because this really needs to sink into our heart today. I can know the will of God. It's so important because if we really want to have faith that God will honor, we need to use our faith on what 
it's meant for, his will. We need to know the will of God. Now, this is an entire sermon in itself that I'm going to give you in one line. And again, go back and dig deeper into this, if you will, okay? But we can discover God's will. Does anybody remember the three ways, the three main ways we discover God's will? You say, if, if, if I'm going to use my faith right, I need to know the will of God. I need to determine. I need to settle on God's will, on what he wants and what pleases him. How can I know that? Remember the three ways? First of all, through his word. That's why it's so important. Why are we reading every word? Because we want to know his will. It's right there in his word. Anything that we see in his word, we can bet our bottom dollar that's his will. Well, that's not what I've been experiencing in my life. Does your experience trump the will of God or does God's will, God's word trump your experience? When I look at the word of God, and I learned this a while back, when I look at the word of God and I say, I'm not really experiencing what I see in the word of God. I've realized the problem isn't with God. I've realized the issue is not with God and his will. It's with me, right? Whatever we find in his word as his will, we can be sure it is his will. But Jesus, if you've received Jesus Christ as Lord, You've received the spirit of God. That's number two. We discover his will through his word. But also God has given us his spirit to confirm his will in our hearts. God's given us the Holy Spirit to help us discover his will in his word. Hey, maybe I'm the only one, but I need help sometimes. Most of the time. All of the time. I'm so glad God didn't just give me his word and kind of leave me to sort of figure it out, right? Jesus said he's our helper. He's our teacher. He's the spirit of truth who leads us into all truth. We can know the will of God by the word of God and also by the spirit of God living on the inside of us. And if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, the spirit of God lives in you and he wants to lead you into the truth about God's will. And if you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can right now, today, and the Holy Spirit will come live on the inside of you. But the third way we discover God's will, not only through his word and by his spirit, but also through his turn around and say, oh, you. We come to know, we come to know the will of God through his word, by his spirit, and also through his people. Through his people. Okay, God hasn't called any of us to follow him as a lone ranger. We're part of a family. We're part of a body. Listen, and body parts cannot function on their own if they're not connected to the, the body. One amazing way I have discovered God's will for my life, for my family, for our ministry, for, for, for everything is not only through his word and by his spirit, but you know what? The spirit of God doesn't just live in me, but the spirit of God lives in Becca. And did you know that God could use Becca, the the same spirit that lives in her, could speak to me, right? Now, careful, careful, careful. Everybody that says the Holy Spirit said, you better be sure that it agrees first with the word and the spirit inside of you too, right? Hello? Because I've also had people say the Holy Spirit says, and I'm like, that was a spirit, but I don't know about the Holy Spirit, right? It probably was just your spirit. Sometimes it's another spirit. But listen, God uses his people. So be careful not to think, well, I got the Bible and I got the Holy Ghost. Woo, we're good. No, you're also part of a body that you must be intricately connected to so that the life of God can flow, right? The life of God doesn't flow just in individual body parts. It flows throughout the body. Well, you know, I have the spirit of truth and the Bible says he teaches me all things and I don't need anybody to teach me. Yes, it does. 
Yes, it does. You know why? Because you're not always around everybody else. I don't need you to be with me all the time because I do have the spirit of God living in me and he does speak to me and he does show me God's will. But as a part of the family and as a part of a body, we do need each other to confirm and affirm the will of God that we're learning in his word and by his spirit. Amen? Come on, turn to somebody and say, Holy Spirit, I see you in there. Oh, come on, let's do another one that's pretty dangerous. Turn to another person and, and turn to another person and kind of look like you're looking on the inside of them and say, speak to me. <laughs> hey, Ephesians 5.10, we don't have it on the screen, so just jot it down. Ephesians 5.10 says this, carefully determine the will of the Lord. Carefully determine. Which means um, we have responsibility there. We don't just assume something is God's will. We have to be careful to determine what pleases God. What is his will? That's in Ephesians 5.10. Come on, I want, I want us to say this one more before we move on to the next one. Come on, say this with me. It's my responsibility, my responsibility. to discover, discover. God's will for me. But it's not just enough to know what God wants. It's not just enough to know God's will. We need to do the next one. W-A. We need to ask for God's will. Why would I need to ask for God, God for something that it's something I know he already wants to do? It's called a relationship, right? It's like, I know Liz's will is to give me a kiss. I'm her husband. It is our will to kiss, but sometimes you got to ask for it, right? <laughs> now, I know that's silly, but listen, my children... My children know, my children know for sure, I mean, they're very convinced that it is our will to feed them. <laughs> they know it. But that doesn't mean that they don't go, Daddy, I'm hungry. Can we eat? Normally, Oliver, can we eat talk, um, hot dogs? And most of the time, that's not my will. <laughs> Right. But but do you see it's we a lot of people just kind of think that because it's God's will, it's just gonna happen to me, right? But Jesus didn't teach that. Jesus didn't teach that. He taught his disciples to pray, your will be done, and then he said, Ask. Give me my the food that I need and keep me safe from from from, from the enemy and forgive me and all these things that we have to ask. Four, once you've discovered and settled the matter of God's will, then ask for God's will in faith. Ask him for it. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's amazing, this relationship that we get to have with him. We know most of the time what he wants, and then we get to ask him for what, he know, what, we, what we know he already wants. That's why it's in the word that we should ask confidently knowing his will he desires to do his will so that if I ask for it I don't have to kind of ask kind of like if God if you would maybe we've already determined it's his will through his word by the Holy Spirit right and maybe through the people of God but we should then ask confidently Knowing that he hears us and that he answers, right? We got to ask for it. It's a relationship. James 4, 2, he says, you don't have because you, you don't ask. Obviously, he was referring to things that God would will to give. It wouldn't be saying you don't have things because God doesn't want it. No, 
He says, you don't have these things because you don't ask for it. This is the reality. Sometimes it is God's will, but we're not experiencing it because we're not asking for it. And sometimes when we ask, we ask wrong. We ask like I just tried to demonstrate, like doubting that maybe God will hear me and do it. No, Jesus said, when you ask, believe that you have received and it'll be done to you. When we ask, we ask with confidence because first we know he's good. Second of all, we already determined it's his will. Amen. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky. Sometimes we know it's God's will and we ask and we're confident that he hears us, but there is a next step we ought to take. Because Jesus taught this as a progression. I used to think when I read this, I used to think, ask, seek, knock. That's like three ways of saying the same thing. But in reality, it is a progression. We don't just know the will of God and ask for it. We actually have to look for the answer. He said, seek and you'll find, right? To seek means to make an effort to find. It's God's will. I've asked him for it. Now, the next thing Jesus said to do is look for that answer. Do you believe God hears you and answers you when you pray according to his will? So if you have learned his will and you've asked him for it, and the word says that if we ask him, believing, we'll receive it, right? He hears us. He answers. So might the answer already be out there if we've asked for it, believing? It's like a treasure. You know, these people that are treasure hunters, you know why they're treasure hunters? Because they know it's out there. They're confident that it's out there. Right? They already read in history that the Titanic sank with, I forget how much gold and jewels and all that on it. They knew it was there. That's why they were seeking it. It wasn't maybe. And it wasn't, oh, well, I know it's out there. Let's hope it just one day floats to the top of the water and we can go scoop it up. They had to go look for the treasure. We have to seek. It typically, now I'm not saying never, but typically, I see it in the word. I've seen it in my, seen it in my life. Typically, the answer doesn't just fall out of heaven into your lap. Right? I'm not saying never, but Almost never. Most of the time, I've prayed about something. God's already moved something around, and he's provided the answer. I just got to go find it. Yeah? We have to seek. We have to look for it. It takes effort. If I don't look for it, if I don't seek it, I won't find it, even if it's there. People say, God hasn't answered me. No, he has answered you, and the answer is there. You just haven't made the, the effort to go and look for it, okay? I have done that many times. Am I the only one that's done that? I've prayed, I believed, I know that God answers, but I haven't been doing my job to go and look for it, okay? We won't find it unless we're looking for it, even if it's there. Because we'll never find something we're not seeking. Sometimes God's answers find us. Yeah? But most of the time, we find God's answers. That's why Jesus taught us to seek. And finally, he didn't just teach us to know the will of God, to ask for it, to look for it, to seek it, right? But when we find it, <laughs> we're supposed to do something about it. He said, knock. 
right? I've seen this happen to where someone will know this is from God. They pray, they ask, God gives the answer. They find the answer and then they don't grab hold of it. Even though it's there. Even though they know it's there. That's why Jesus taught us, ask, seek, knock. When we find the answer, we need to do something about what we find. If you know it's God's will for you to work, and you've asked God for a job, and you've gone out there and you've looked for it, and you've found a job, and you believe that's God's answer, and then don't go to the interview... It's not God's fault you're broke. And it's not that he didn't answer you. And it's not that there's not work or whatever it is that you're asking for. That's just one example. There are times when God has answered us, but we're not willing to, you know, knocking, it requires some physical activity, right? And it requires persistence. Jesus said, keep on knocking and the door will be open. Sometimes we've knocked. Ah, it didn't open, you know, the pot in pot. It didn't open wide open. So I'm just going to, uh, oh, well. Sometimes we got to knock again and again. Come on, this speaks of persistence. You ever knocked on somebody's door three times and they didn't answer? No, well, let's turn that around. Has anybody ever knocked on your door three times and you didn't answer? But, but by the end of the third, you're at the door and they don't know it. You're just about to open the door and they, they go, they leave. How often might we do that to God? Sometimes we're just one away to, ah. Come on, say knock. Will, ask, seek, knock. Wask. Now today, I brought a friend that if you were around in the 80s, you know him. <laughs> Pardon his scant wrestler clothes. Does anybody know who this is? Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. Brought a friend. It's going to help us. Because we want to learn now that this foundation is strong about how faith works and we're, we're operating in it, we're walking in it. Now, as usual with God, it's time to stretch, right? It's time to stretch our faith. Come on, I want everybody stretched to the right. Thank you. 
stretch your faith. Now that'll mean something here in a minute because Jesus does not want us to stretch too hard too fast and hurt ourselves. Okay? Hold on. Okay? But he does want us to stretch and for that we're going to go, actually the next two Sundays we're going to be in this same story. We're going to go to John 6, 1 through 13. It's a story that many of you have heard and know. But today we're going to stretch our faith. We're going to begin to process of stretching stretching our faith yeah John 6 1 after this Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee known as the Sea of Tiberias a huge crowd kept following him everywhere he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with the disciples around him it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to him. If we read the rest of the story, we know that including women and children, it was somewhere around 20,000 people. Okay? 5,000 men plus women and children. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? You think Jesus asked a question because he didn't know the answer? No. He was what? Testing Philip. For he already knew what he was going to do. Right? I don't know about you, but I am glad that God already always knows what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. That was the New Living Translation. I want us to actually now read it in the message. But it says that he was doing what to Philip? He was what? Testing Philip. Okay? Let's start again. Verse 1, after this, Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. Some call it Tiberias. A huge crowd followed him, attracted by the miracles they'd seen him do among the sick. When he got to the other side, he climbed a hill and sat down, surrounded by his disciples. It was nearly the time for the Feast of Passover, kept annually by the Jews. When Jesus looked out and saw the large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, Yes, stretch. He said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. Who's ready to stretch your faith? Anybody ready to stretch your faith? He did this. He asked this. He said this. You ever felt like Jesus said something to you that you're like, say what? He said this to stretch Philip's what? Faith. This whole story is about faith. The disciples' faith. He already knew what he was going to do. And Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. One of the disciples, it was Andrew, brother to Simon Peter, said, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. Jesus said, Make the people sit down. There was, there was a nice carpet of green grass in this place. They sat down, about 5,000 of them, again, men. Then Jesus took the bread, and having given thanks, he gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish. All ate as much as they wanted. And when the people had eaten their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the what? Leftovers. So nothing is wasted. God doesn't like waste. And God doesn't waste anything. Don't ever think something you've gone through, he's going to waste it. Uh-uh. That's another whole message. Stop. Okay. They went to work and filled 12 large baskets with the leftovers from five barley loaves and two fish. So two fish and five loaves of bread fed approximately 20,000 people, and then they ended up with 12 baskets of leftovers? Come on, somebody say, now that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah? In the New Living and the King James, it says, the translations say that he did what he did. He asked what he asked to put Philip to the 
test or to, to test Philip's faith, okay? The purpose of a test is to stretch our faith. The purpose of a test is not to harm us. It's not to break us. The purpose of a test is to stretch us. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, estirate. When we are faced with a test of our faith, it is not to break us. It is to make us stronger. It is to stretch us. And what happens to your body when you stretch it properly? It actually gets stronger. When you stretch your muscles properly, they get stronger. Okay? When we stretch our muscles properly, it allows our muscles to operate in such a way that they can actually grow and function properly. When we operate in faith properly, it allows our faith to stretch and that allows our faith to grow, right? Faith will never grow without stretching. If I'm only faced with the same situations today that I've been faced with forever, my faith will not even have the opportunity to grow because I'll only need what I've already had. Yeah? Like today, and we're going to get more into this next Sunday, the next couple of Sundays. We, right now, we're in a situation and in a season in our church and in our ministry that's very, very exciting. There are some really big opportunities right in front of us. We've, we know it's the will of God. We've asked. We've sought. The answer's right in front of us, and now we're, we got a knock. But let me tell you this. It's all very exciting, and at the same time, it is terrifying. What's ahead of us? Because of the greatness of the need. The faith that I had in 2014 to start Encounter Church, the faith that we had to get our first building and our second building, the faith that we had to grow to the first 50 people, and the faith that we had to get into this building in 2020, I mean, that was a stretch, right? That was a big stretch for many of us that were part of it. That's not going to suffice for the faith that we're going to need right now for what's next. Because of the answer that God has given and put in front of us. Okay? I don't know what you're going through personally in your life, but I will tell you this. The faith that was enough in 1990 and 2000 and 2010 and 2020 and last month... It's not going to be enough for what's next. That's why we need faith from start to finish, right? When our faith is tested, it has the opportunity to stretch. And when it stretches, it can actually grow. The purpose of a test is to stretch. Now, this is important. What does the word stretch mean? I mean, you can look up in the dictionary. It's a long definition, but it's very simple, okay? It's very important to understand this because we, we need to see what it is that God is actually asking us for, okay? What is God asking us for? To stretch means to push slightly beyond your current limit, right? Right? If you haven't bent down and tried to touch your toes in 10 years, it ain't going to happen in a day. If, if, if you haven't touched your toes in 10 years and you try to touch them in a day, you are going to be injured. Okay? That is not what God is asking for uh, uh, us, asking of us. Okay? To stretch means to push a little bit more slightly beyond if yesterday I could only stretch this far 
then today I'm going to try to go this far. And then tomorrow, this far. And then after I do that a few days, this, uh-oh. <laughs> It's been a minute. All right. <laughs> to stretch means to push slightly beyond your current limit. Okay? Stretching is challenging and can be a little painful. Right? Like, again, stretching feels good, but it's that kind of hurt kind of feel good, right? It's like, oh, that hurts, but like in a good way. And that's what it feels like. To stretch your, God doesn't want to stretch us and break us. God doesn't want us to try to just, you know, I'm not going to hurt him. But if, if I do it too fast, too much, this thing actually can break. I've already done it too many times, these poor little muscles. Okay? Stretching is very good for you. And those of you that do go to the gym or work out, or you know that stretching is good for you, Right? But it is a hassle sometimes, and it is a little bit painful, but it's so worth it. Because when we stretch, we grow, we get stronger. Stretching your faith is not meant to hurt you or break you. Remember this. One time the disciples were faced with, well, in many situations, but right? They were faced with a a, a situation when when Jesus got to the end of the situation, anybody remember what it was? And he asked him, where's your faith? Remember? You don't remember? So he said it on different occasions. So, But basically, you know, a lot of things Jesus did were the disciples were always like, wait, what? Feed 5,000? Uh, you want me to walk on the water? You want us to not be scared that we're going to drown in your sleep? Take a little nap? You, you were able to, able to cast that demon out, but we weren't? Remember? And the list goes on and on. And he said, more than once, he said, oh, where's your faith? And then he told him something to me that's very encouraging. He said, if you just have a faith the size of a, anybody remember? Some of y'all can't even see it. You need to stretch your eyes. All right. I mean, I'm having a hard time seeing it. Can you see that? It's like they didn't have much faith, and then all he asked them for was a little bit. Come on, who can't even see it? Because later he describes it as the smallest seed in the garden, but then it grows into the biggest plant, right? Right? I don't know about you, but when Jesus calls me to stretch my faith, I'm really glad he asked for a mustard seed and not an avocado seed. Right? How many of you are glad that he's not asking for this? Yeah? He's just, it's so little I can barely grab it. He's just asking for that. He said that this could move mountains. Imagine what this could do. It's because he understands. He understands our weakness. Remember, he was God, but he lived in a human body. And now he identifies with our weakness. He's our perfect high priest that can feel our weakness. Right? Remember that one dude that was like, Jesus, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Right? Don't feel overwhelmed like, there's no way I could ever have that much faith. He's not asking you for that much. He's not asking us for this much. He's asking us for this much. 
just a little bit more than what we currently have. Just a little bit more. With just a little bit more faith, he can do greatly more. The good news is the more we stretch, the more stretchy we get. <laughs> right? It's called being limber, flexible, agile, right? If, you've, if you make a habit of stretching, you become stretchy, <laughs> right? If we don't make a habit of stretching and allowing God to stretch our faith, then when we're faced with something that we need to stretch, it's going to hurt a lot more than it ought to. The more we stretch, the more stretchy we become. The more we stretch our faith, the less of a, now I'm not saying it's not challenging anymore, but the less intimidating it becomes when we need to stretch just a little bit more. Because we know I've stretched before and he's had my back. Right? I stretched a little bit. I gave my little mustard seed last year and it didn't kill me. He had my back. He answered me. It makes me less intimidated to stretch a little bit again. And every one of us are probably facing something right now. We need to stretch just a little bit. Do not be overwhelmed. Do not look at the avocado seed. Look at the mustard seed. Don't be intimidated. All you need is just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And the amazing thing is this. And you can apply this to a lot of things in life, but it's definitely applicable to faith. Jesus promised us that when we're faithful with the little thing we have, what happens? More. It gets bigger. You want a big faith? Look at me. You want a big faith? Be faithful with the little faith you have. Eventually it becomes big. Doesn't happen overnight. It happens when we're faithful with the little faith. And with every test, with every opportunity we're given to stretch, we go, God, one centimeter further, I'll do that. I'll believe you that little bit much more. This September, we want to focus our heart we want to focus our energy on stretching our faith. You say, how? And I'm, I'm going to conclude with this, and we're going to come back to the same story next week, okay? How do we stretch our faith? It's very simple. You're just going to go, oh, yeah, I can do that. Are you ready? Stretch your wask. If that's how faith works and we want to stretch our faith, let's stretch our wask. And some of you still may be, what? Come on, September, we're not going to wask. You ready? In September, we're going to wask. What do I mean? Ready? Stretching our knowledge of God's will. Get in the word a little bit more. A mustard seed, just a little bit more. Get in his word. Stretching our confidence in our asking. Just be a little bit more confident when you ask him for something you see in his word. Okay? Just a little bit more. Lift your head a, a, a little bit higher. Get a little bit more, I don't know, brave when you ask. Just a little bit. Stretching our commitment 
to seeking. I'm not just going to find out God's will. I'm not just going to ask him for it, but I'm going to be even a little bit more committed to going and looking for the answer and stretching our boldness in knocking. When God gives opportunities and there are doors right in front of me that they are these, these, the answers, right? I'm going to knock a little harder. I'm going to knock an extra time. I'm not going to go. I'm going to go. Right? We need to just stretch a little bit. In our knowledge of his will, our confidence in asking, our commitment in seeking, and our boldness in knocking, right? Because from start, come on, I'm done with this. From start to finish, we got to have what? Jesus said that we're going to go from glory to and from faith to faith. From faith to faith, from glory to glory, from stretchy to stretchy. <laughs> if we're going to go from faith to faith, we're going to have to go from stretch to stretch. That's enough for today. We'll come back to this story next Sunday. Before we end today and take some time to ask for what we know is God's will. We know it's his will for our faith to grow, right? I want to make sure first, just for the next few moments, I would, I would, I'd love to ask everyone to just not be distracted. This is an important moment. Maybe for somebody today. Faith starts first with faith in Jesus. This life of faith you first have to put your faith in him, in who Jesus is and what he did, that he came, that he lived a perfect life, that he went to a cross and died a criminal's death to carry our sins upon him so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be free, so that we could be saved. If today, listen, if today you're not saved, if, if today you, you came and you're not sure that if you walked out of here and today was your last day on earth, you're not sure if you would go to heaven when you die. Or maybe you, you, you might be like, I think I believe, I, I think I'm saved, but I, I don't know for sure. I'm not 100% sure that I've really repented of my sin and turn my heart over to God and put my faith in Jesus. That's the first faith you got to have. Faith to save you. Faith for him to forgive you. Faith for him to give you a new life. This is the amazing thing about faith. I put my faith in Jesus and in an instant my old life gets left behind and I start a brand new one and now this is the new life of faith that I now have to learn how to live. But you got to get that new life first. Jesus didn't come to fix our old life. He came to give us a new one. And that requires faith. You have to believe him for it. Could everyone just for a moment close your eyes and bow your heads? Because somebody, maybe somebody needs to make that decision, make that move today, that move of faith that profession of faith. Maybe you say, I don't totally understand all of this. Welcome to the club. You don't have to totally understand it. You have to start by simply believing, trusting in Jesus Christ, in his death on the cross, in his resurrection to give you a new life. And I just want to know before I pray for everyone, is there anyone today that says, I need to be saved. I need to put my faith in Jesus.
to forgive my sin. Today, I want to repent. That means I want to turn away from sin. I changed my mind today about living this life that I know I'm not really obeying God. I want to turn my heart over to God. I want to start living for Him. And today you want to make a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe you've never made this decision before. Or maybe you're a person that says, I, I, I've made that profession before, but I'm not living. And, and today i backslidden and I want to come home. Okay? Today, if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, would you just very quickly wave at me? Just lift your hand up and wave at me and say, that's me. All right? Who else says that's me? Thank you, Jesus. All right? Who else says that's me? Today, I want to give my life to Jesus. Today, I want to turn away from sin. I want to turn to God. I want to put my faith in Jesus. Awesome. Anybody else say that's me? Hey, I feel this one extra strong today. Somebody... You, you, you know what this is all about, but you know you've grown cold. You've gone, you know, maybe you used to be close to God, but now you're not so close. You, you're, you're far from Him. And today you want to come back to God. That takes faith. Is that anybody? If that's you, would you, you could put your hand on, up and then right back down. Thank you. Anybody else say that's me? Thank you. Anybody else say that's me? Uh-huh. Come on now, let's do business with God. This is something only between you and him. It is a decision that you will end up telling everybody about. But it's first your confession of Jesus Christ as your Lord. You could say something like this. You don't have to repeat my words. But I want to encourage you right now, just right there where you're sitting. Say something to God like this from your heart. Jesus, I put my faith in you today. Jesus, today, save me. I call upon your name. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're the Savior. You are the Lord, Jesus. And today, I turn away from sin in this world. I turn my heart to you. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Come on, again, these aren't magic words. But if you truly turn your heart to Him and call on the name of the Lord, today you're saved. Come on, maybe let's, let's just all pray to Him. Today, Jesus, I want to follow you. I renew my commitment, my decision to follow you. I put all of my faith in you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, that's the first step. You can look back up here at me. That's the first step. <laughs> Jesus is the Savior, and everyone who follows him will be saved. You just took your first step if you made that decision today, or maybe you came back. So important not to just take the first step because we don't need faith to start. We need faith to get us all the way to the end. Yes? So listen, look, I want everybody to look at me real quick, okay? If you made the decision today to give your life to Jesus, to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life for the first time, or if you were backslidden, if you've grown far away from God and you made a decision to come home to Him, or simply, you need to be more sure about your salvation. You want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be saved. I want you to do this. There's a number on the magnet behind your chair, and it's going to be on the screen, all right? There it is, right there. If you need to know more about salvation, you need to learn, what is my next step of faith now that I'm following Jesus? I just want you to text the, the, the word Jesus to that number. Now, you could do it right now. Just pull out your phone. Make sure you do it before you go. Just to that number right there. I want you to text Jesus. We're going to send you a video explaining more about salvation, more about following Jesus and what your next steps are. With that, we can all stand to our feet and the worship team can come on back. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. 
I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.